Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. Verse 8, then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power. In Egypt, verse 9, look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join other enemies, other nations, and fight against us and leave the country. Well, I want to continue a series of messages, a series called Kingdom Now. The kingdom suffers violence. The violent must take it by force. And today's message is entitled The X Factor, as well as this society. Uh, there is an exodus that's taking place, and hopefully I'll be able to communicate what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. Father, I give you praise uh, for this moment. I thank you for that anointing that makes teaching easy. Uh, there are people who don't understand the shifts and the changes that are taking place uh, in our world. And I pray that as I teach that you would help us to understand that there is a transforming spirit, a transforming anointing, a transforming uh, a power that's being released in our world. And I pray that you would help me to share the prophetic word of the Lord with your people. For those that are in the dark, thank you for bringing us into the light. And for those that are in ruts, thank you for causing us to come out of the valley, to stand on the mountaintop. Thank you, God, for your peace that passes understanding. Help me and help your people. So go before the word and prepare us with ears to hear. Give us a mind to comprehend. Release a heart in us to receive and a spirit to contain your word. And we will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for those that are standing. And I appreciate you for tuning in. I read to you out of the book of Exodus chapter 1. And I'm going to visit uh, chapter 1 periodically during this teaching. I'll be ministering on this in both services today. Uh, Exodus uh, is a unique book. It is the second book in the Torah, starting with Genesis, which is the beginning. It means new beginnings uh, or the beginning. And then Exodus, uh, to pull out or to come out, is a type of salvation. And I can go through all of the five books and what they really mean, but right now we want to camp out in the book of Exodus. Exodus. Uh, is a road to new life. And uh, if you're searching for new life, a good place to start is with Exodus. It is a road to new life. If you're taking notes, write this down. Radical life transformation. 
Exodus is about a radical life transformation for every one of us. Every one of us that uh, began to follow Jesus had to go through a transformation. And Exodus is about that transformation for every one of us. And all of us must be transformed out of darkness, translated out of darkness into and transported into a kingdom of light. That, has, that happens instantaneously when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus. The people of God, uh, when comparing the first chapter of the book of Exodus and then fast forwarding to the 40th chapter, went through a, a, a radical life transformation. And the, the, the way they looked in chapter 1 and the way they looked in chapter 40 are vastly different. They were, you're talking about two vastly different places. I want to talk about uh, the Exodus but I need to give you some history and need to make sure you understand uh, what I believe the Spirit is saying to us today. And if you're watching, I want you to call or text a friend and I need you to like and I need you to share and stay connected with this teaching because I believe something said today is going to speak to you specifically. Exodus, uh, the definition is a going out, a going out or a departure or migration or immigration, uh, usually of a large number of people. Uh, we know the Exodus here it speaks of the departure of the Israelites from Egypt under the leadership of Moses. But it also parallels you and I coming out of a world, a dark world, or coming out of bondage and then being placed in a kingdom of light to transform out of sin and then to move into righteousness uh, a, tr a radical life change we're not talking about double double dipping or having one foot on one side of the fence and another foot on the other with the people of Israel they had to come all the way out of Egypt they brought their mind out <laughs> let me change that they brought their feet out but their mind was still there they had to be transformed by the renewing of their mind but there is a complete, a complete coming out. And what happens today, as I share, I believe, as we think about the transformation, we need to examine in our own lives what we've left, what do we still have ties to in the world, and what do we need to cut as we change and as we transform? What do we need to release ourselves from so we can be fully out of that and be fully into what God calls us to be into? And that is to be into the kingdom, be in the kingdom of God and to be in the house of the Lord and to be with Jesus, to be in, in Christ Jesus fully, not halfway, 99 and a half won't do. We're deluded if we're not 100 percent. And God wants us to be at 100 with him. And so it is a departure of the Israelites from Egypt under the leadership of Moses. I believe it speaks to a radical change, not a mild, not a mild change, but radically changing or transforming. The first step to transformation and new life is desperation. And so you'll see in chapter one, uh, a total desperation, complete desperation of the Israelites under the uh, 
under the, the, the rule of a pharaoh who didn't know Joseph. Didn't know the history. Didn't know that Joseph, Zaphnathaniah, uh, was the savior. Joseph had died and his generation had died. A new pharaoh comes up and looks at the number of the Israelites that are multiplying. And he says, these people from fear now, these people are going to become more numerous than us. We must, we must do something. We must commit genocide. We must do something to keep their numbers intact and, uh, and to keep them locked uh, in a certain region, keep them in Goshen, because if they continue to grow, they may be able to overthrow us. So the first step to transformation and new life is desperation. And are you in a desperate situation right now? Are you facing some odds that just doesn't look good for you? Are you in a place of perplexity or uncertainty? Well, let me just help you here. You may be in the, uh, in the vestibule of transformation because devastation is necessary if you're going to get transformed completely. And so if you got radical desperation, radical uh, issues that are going on, un unexpected stuff, you got more bills than, do you, than you do money, you have more anger than you do peace, you have more breakdown than you do build up. Let me help help you here. God may be taking you into a total realm where you're about to be transformed completely because you need to have complete desperation if you're going to have complete radical transformation. So transformation starts with the worst of desperation. Darkness before new light. Gloom before life. And light can come. I'm reminded of Genesis 1. It says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But what happened? The earth is without form and void. Watch this. Darkness covered the face of the deep. If you're going to have transformation, you got to learn how to recognize that darkness comes before it. If you want transformation, you got to look at what the real, real state of affairs would be. It is our tendency to not change until there's an emergency. Most people don't change until it becomes an emergency. They'll keep these, uh, these small foxes eating from the grapevine. The small foxes going in and out of, of the sheepfold. And nobody really says anything. But after a while you begin to see it as the small foxes that spoil the vine. People don't move until... The fox is transformed into a lion. And then when they see the lion, we start screaming. But really, we need to be able to say, if the fox feels comfortable with coming around, that means there's not enough, uh, there's no barrier here. There's not enough light here. Because when the fox comes in uh, like a flood, glory to God, you're going to see devastation as it relates to the wine or the grape in your life. Which means Holy Spirit is choked up. I believe in radical change, so let's look at radical desperation. Here's the word of the Lord for you, a prophetic word. I believe the winds of change are coming early. The winds of change are coming before the next hurricane. 
The winds of change are blowing now. What do you mean when you say winds of change? Well, when the wind of change blows, I'm not talking about the winds of change, the wind, singular, the wind of change. That is a different uh, manifestation that I believe is blowing right now. The wind of change is blowing. It reveals things that have been hidden. Look at Psalm 104 and verse 4. Psalm 104 and verse 4. He makes winds his messengers. Flames of fire his servant. His servants. Glory to God. And so we're talking about the winds, his messengers. That's angelic. I believe there is an angelic being that's moving upon the earth right now. Uh, the heavens are being uh, are releasing an angelic messenger from God that's that that is in our realm, and he's he's blowing. It's a wind of change. He's actually uh, working in the invisible atmosphere to manifest change in our world. Things that may have been holding you back will become much clearer in the next few days. The wind of change also blows things into place that might be out of place right now. It may look uncertain to you and chaotic right now, but God let me know that the wind of change is blowing to actually uh, bring much more order in your life. Remember, one of the breeding grounds for transformation is total devastation. You're hurting, sickness is in your body, change is coming. You don't have what you need right now, the wind of change is blowing. He sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7, New Living Translation. God is moving to balance the scales of justice in our world because the enemy has been over attacking his people. The enemy has been over attacking his people everywhere. God is not, not going to let a virus come in and come in like a flood and the spirit of the Lord not lift up a standard. If it's devastating to the degree that we see today, you need to know that God is better than that. He's greater than that. His plan is going to be implemented, but you need to understand something about God. God is trying to get transformation to us. God knows we'll try to pick up sticks and put things back together, put pieces back together until the whole system is, is, is destroyed. And then once the whole system is destroyed, God can reconstruct it and transform it in the way he wants it to be. I believe God is moving to balance the scales between the enemy because the enemy has been over attacking his people. There's also another attack, I speak prophetically, an attack of discouragement. There's been a heavy attack of hopelessness in the lives of God's people. And many people have been tempted to give up on God. Discouragement, the lack of courage. It is when courage leaks out of you. God is repumping it. He's reinvesting the courage in you. And discouragement 
is going to lessen in your life. But there is an attack of discouragement. There is a huge attack of discouragement on the people of God. But God didn't want you to feel worthless or that your situation is helpless. God wants you to know that he's able to change it. Now I'm getting this strong in my spirit that there are people, uh, your money may not be as funny as you thought it would be, but you're still discouraged. There are people who are losing their ability to focus right now. Winds of change are blowing. The spiritual climate is shifting. Don't look at what you see. Hear the word of the Lord. Transformation is at the brink. God is reconstructing our world. We need to embrace the change that is coming. All you got to do is say, God, I don't know what's happening, but I believe you're in charge and I believe you love me and I'm just going to fall in your hands. Years ago, they used to have a, a commercial called the Nest Tea Plunge. When you're hot, you just need to plunge in some, in some tea. But I don't want you to plunge in tea today. I want you to plunge into the hands of the Lord. Just fall right into his hands and trust him. He can handle whatever you're going through. But what God wants you to do is put your confidence and your faith in him. I believe there's a revival, please write it down, that's coming to wounded warriors. The wounded warriors. And I'm not talking about necessarily those who've been wounded from the Iraq war or over in Afghanistan or what's happening with ISIS. I, I do believe that God is touching our soldiers and those that are coming back from uh, those regions uh, that are plagued with war and mines and uh, all kinds of devastation unleashed on the people of God or on our American soldiers, airmen, Marines, Navy personnel. But there is a spiritual wounded warrior. Out of Ezekiel 37 and verse 9. Ezekiel 37 verse 9. I want to look at a passage of scripture together. It's on the screen. We need uh, to look at this together. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bread. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. I believe that there's some, uh, as Ezekiel was in the valley of dry bones, there are some wounded warriors in that valley. And uh, you've been wounded. The enemies attack you during this time so much you don't know how you're going to make it. 
But God told me to tell you that the wind of change is blowing and the four winds of restoration are blowing and God is about to breathe on your situation and you will come out of that valley of dry bones, valley of wounded warriors, and you will be an exceeding great army. Your family will come back. Your wealth will come back. Your health will come back. Your community will come back. The church will come back. Come on, Holy Ghost, breathe into the valley. Come on, breathe on our businesses. Come on, breathe on our churches. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ezekiel didn't see anything, but he stepped in the mist and he carried me out in the spirit and he showed me, set me in the mist of a valley of dry bones. And I believe the Lord is carrying me out in the midst of this nation and I can see so many people that are discouraged so many young people that weren't able to walk so many families that are discombobulated right now but we're prophesying to the wounded warriors God is still in charge of you God has not forsaken you and though the enemy came in against like, against you like a flood the Lord told me to tell you the wind of change is blowing he's transforming he's transmogrifying he's releasing a new level of the anointing and oil for this moment so you can live and I saw the Lord hallelujah high and lifted up blowing even as it were in Ezekiel's day upon these uh, these bones glory to God wounded warriors and as the winds of change begin to blow glory to God it will revive many people who have been wounded been wounded glory to God even in Christianity and so many times it's not the world that wounds Christians when Christians go through when Christians go through it is other Christians that have a way of of wounding our own we speak negatively of people who have maladies and problems and issues but God wants us to learn how to speak life and God wants us to love beyond the break and beyond the devastation Many wounded warriors have been taken off the battlefield. Many wounded warriors have been taken out of action in the kingdom of God. But God says now, even though you're missing in action, I'm bringing you back to the front lines. Even though you're MIA, glory to God, God says, I found you. I found you in the valley of dry bones, and I'm going to reinstate you and give, recommission you to get back into the fight. Glory to God. These wounded warriors will play a strong role, a strong role in the next move of God. This is what I love about the wounded. It's because when you're wounded, you're not so, you'll never become so arrogant that you'll look at people with, uh, uh, with, with a high pious attitude. When you're wounded and you got a scar, you're a little bit more tender to those who are going through some things. A lot of times you have people that want to rise to the level of teaching, but they haven't gone through a struggle yet. You can't really talk to me about marriage until you've been married seven years. After seven years, man, I know you got a few nicks. You roll, woke up a few times and you had a few knots on your head and maybe you got hit with a frying pan. I don't understand it all, but you can talk to me about marriage when you've been married for seven years. You've been married one or two months it's easy to get up there and try to talk about it, but you have no experience. You have no precedent to work with. And that's why I love the wounded warriors, people who've gone through a few things. They have a, that experience means a whole lot. 
Just like a wine sitting up on the shelf, the older it gets, the more potent it becomes. And even though you've been sitting on the shelf for a while, don't get, get it twisted. God says you're becoming more vicariously intoxicated. We don't have to drink a whole bottle of you. Just get a sip of you and we start staggering. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's how God wants us to be. When you step in the room, you have to stay three hours before people notice you. You step in the room and the atmosphere change. That's what he's doing with the wounded warriors. The theme of Exodus is redemption. Please write it down. Redemption. And what redemption means, to simplify it, it means the act of making something better. Or to make something more accessible, acceptable. To make something better or to make it accessible, acceptable. Now many of us try to do this in our own strength, but if you try to make yourself better in your own strength, you'll, after a while, after, after a few tries, you realize you need a, a higher power. You need God to help you to do that. You can make New Year's resolutions all day. And about in the sixth month, you realize you didn't even, <laughs> you haven't even gotten one, one fourth of what you promised yourself you would do. You're not even a quarter <laughs> into trying to implement what you promised yourself you would do. Because we try to make ourselves better, but we really need a powerful agent, a powerful force. We need God through Christ helping us to make things better. You find out quickly that it's virtually impossible to do your little self-help. So remember, redemption is the act of making things better, making something better or more acceptable. And that's what God is doing right now. God is making us better. God is making us more acceptable. Even during this pandemic and during these things, God is working some things out that were hidden in our lives. It's causing it to surface now so we can deal with it. Write it down. Redemption is twofold. Number one, it is deliverance from evil. So even as we are dealing with major devastation, God is delivering us from each evil, but he's also given us, here's the second part, he's given us a new life. You're not redeemed if you're just delivered from evil. You're not redeemed if you come in and say, Bishop, pray that I don't have to go to jail. You're not redeemed if you say, well, pray that I finish school or I get a good grade. There has to be deliverance from the evil. And then number two, there has to be an administration of new life, a new way of doing things, total renewal. So redemption isn't complete if we're just delivered. We just get out over the hump of feeling sad about what we've done. We must embrace the new life in Christ. So let's talk a moment about the forward movement of God's plan. In Exodus chapter 1, we're going to talk about the forward movement of God's plan. Verse 11 of the same chapter, chapter 1 says, So they put slave masters over them to oppress them. We found out that uh, Joseph and all of his brothers died, and a new pharaoh took over. In Egypt who did not know Joseph he did not study history he could care less about history 
He was driven by fear and power. It's dangerous to be in charge of anything and fear is your motivator. It is dangerous to be a mother and you're always driven by fear. It is dangerous to be a father and constantly driven about by fear in your life. Fear and power. You want to be in charge, but fear motivates you. When, that, when you step up in a position of authority and fear is your, is your source versus faith, you'll always think people are trying to get at you. You're, you're constantly trying to protect yourself from people that are trying to help you. It'll make you insecure. So he put slave masters over the Israelites to oppress them and to do forced labor. They built up some cities. They built up Ramses, cities for Pharaoh. And so these slave laborers never really built anything for themselves. They built things for the person who's driven by fear. If we let these people grow, if we let these people come up, if we let these people continue to become, uh, to continue to multiply, eventually they're going to be bigger than us. So we got to keep them marginalized. We got to keep them ignorant. We got to keep them sitting over there on the other side of the tracks. Because if we don't, these people may be larger than we are. Bible says in verse 12, because the Israelites knew their God, because they had family, because they could read, because they had a history and they were always reminded of their history that they had a father named Abraham and one named Isaac and another that was named Jacob. The Bible says because they had those things in place, even though they didn't have God's law, they had certain things in place on the social level. The scripture says in verse 12, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. And so even though the oppression was great on them and it was devastating for them, there was something that God placed in them that made them multiply even though times were rough. Let me just prophesy to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You may be going through your worst time right now and not know how you're going to make it. But if you'll stay true to what you know, you know your father God. You should know your mama too, glory to God. And if you don't know your daddy, you need to be in the house of the Lord so you can know who your father is. And his name is God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. And you need to know his son, glory to God. His name is Jesus and you need to know the Holy Spirit that's at work in you to he's leading and guiding you into all truth and when you have those things in place even if your money is funny God will still let you spread and multiply glory hallelujah it doesn't matter how tough it gets on your shoulder God will give you hinds feet so you can rise up still climb on that hill that side of the mountain and make it to the mountain top I'm preaching to somebody who's thinking about giving up you're a wounded warrior in the midst of the valley of dry bones but God is cleaning up the valley now wind is blowing in the valley inspiration 